Welcome back to Our Soul, a podcast by Faith Choice Ohio, Ohio's faith voice for choice. Welcome everybody to the last episode of Our Soul for 2022. This is Terry Williams and Kelly Fox coming to you, coming to you. I know, I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. I know it's in the intro, but people can hear it again. It is the end of the year. There there are so many things to be done before the close of the year, and hopefully you have gotten through all the things you need to. If not, it's okay to just put them off until January, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's, that's what this time of year is all about, right? Um, we are joining you, however, to give you some ideas and inspiration. Think of this episode as if you finished everything that you have to do and you have nothing else to do, we're here to give you extra assignments. And if you have tons of things that you still have to do, but you don't want to do them, we're here to help you procrastinate and do fun things or at least intellectually stimulating things Mm -hmm. along the way. This is a resource episode for the end of the year. Our favorite resources that Kelly and I have experienced over the past year. And we've either become acquainted with these resources over the last year, or we have become reacquainted or really started to use these resources after having them around for a while. Lots of different things, but they have impacted us greatly in this year. Um, and as was mentioned on the episode immediately previous to this, like when I hear resources, my ears just translate that to books because I love books. I have books all over my home. I am a bibliophile. That's just who I am. And I'm sitting here looking at a great big stack of books, uh, in terms of resources. And I just want to lift up a couple of really great titles. So first off, I'm going to start it off with choice words, right? Choice words, many of you know, um, many writers on abortion uh, got together, had this edited volume put out by Annie Finch, and it's essentially this great big compendium of either single pages or a couple of pages, very short narratives or poems or pieces of writing about abortion experience. And it just runs the gamut. We talked about it um, through the Reproductive Justice Book Club. Uh, This was one of the titles, Kelly, that you selected. Mm -hmm. And it was so wonderful for me because I am an ADHD reader some days. Like I just cannot sit down and get through a whole thing um, in some moments. So I need either very short articles or I need anthologies and compendiums like Choice Words. So if you're listening to this right now and you're like, I do not have time for, you know, 15, 20, 55 pages of something, grab choice words. It is like, you know, a hundred different, very small reads together in one place. And the perspectives are just fantastic. If you're interested in that information, if you're interested in, you know, just kind of spinning the roulette wheel and seeing what you get, it will give you something to think about. It will get you something to connect to. You might agree with the perspective, disagree with it, read on, um, you know, past whatever um, 
you know you find in that space until you find something that you do connect with. It's just a really great resource. Again, Choice Words, edited by Annie Finch. And I will say all of the resources we talk about today will be listed in the show notes for this episode. It's just a big, long reading list of information for you in terms of these resources. Yeah, and, you know, since we're going to be gone, we're going to be on vacation, we're going to be doing our own thing, uh, we just wanted to, you know, leave you with something to do with your time when you're not listening to us. (laughs) Uh, So I had as a goal for this year um, was to read, originally it was 30 books, but it actually got up to 50 books after I started reading some of my childhood favorites. Um, And uh, most of those were fiction, because I was like, this year is going to be hard enough. I do not need to be, you know, troubling myself with the world when I'm not working, you know? Uh, So I'm going to recommend one nonfiction book and then a fiction book, both by, nobody's surprised about this, Adrian Marie Brown. Um, (laughs) First, I know we've talked about this a lot, but... I think it's always good to recommend if anybody is like getting started in this work and wants to even delve into Adrienne Marie Brown's work, Emergent Strategy is a really great start. It talks a lot about, um, you know, all of the intricacies about how we, how we do this, how we get a part of this work, how we work with each other while respecting each other's humanity, um, and also connects it, connects it to like our nature and um, you know, how we're connected to the earth and lots of like metaphors along those lines. So, uh, Love Emergent Strategy would 100% recommend that. Um, the other book by Adrienne Marie Brown that I'm recommending is called The Grievers, or it's actually just Grievers, um, which is Adrienne Marie Brown's first fiction book. Um, it's actually a part of a series, and the second book is coming out early 2023. Um, and this book, um, I will warn you that it does very much so uh, align with COVID. It it talks about sickness taking over an area, um, that area being cut off, and a lot of, like, actual social justice issues are in this book. Did we expect any less? No. This was a difficult read, but a beautiful read, and I would recommend this. As somebody who is very much so an audio processor, most of the books I've read this year um, are on audio. This book I read like with the actual physical book in my hands and, um, it was worth every second of reading that as well. Since I had such a big goal for this year, which Terry, that might not seem like a big goal to you, but for me, 50 books is a lot. Uh, No judgment. (laughs) It's not a race, right? (laughs) Anyway, um, I, so, uh, when I started getting back into reading, because that was a thing that I wasn't doing for a while, um, I wanted to have a place to kind of keep track of all of the books I've read so I can look back and say, wow, I really did read all that this year. Um, and I have, you know, some hesitance towards using Goodreads because I know that it's connected with Amazon and in any way that I can disconnect myself from Amazon, I, I try to. Um, you know, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, but you know, where I can, I try to, uh, disconnect myself from these like giants. But, um, in that search, uh, I actually found a, uh, tool. It's called StoryGraph. It is an alternative to Goodreads. You can actually export your Goodreads information and put it into StoryGraph. 
Um, and they, it, it was built by a black woman and, um, it is way more in depth than, uh, uh, Goodreads. Uh, it gives you like a synopsis of like what kind of books you like to read, what kind of pace you read most often. You can even choose whether if you've listened to audio or um, the physical copy, you can choose what edition. So you have like that information in there. And uh, I think the tagline is like, life is too short to read a book you don't like. Um, and I just like heavily recommend Storygraph to everybody that I know who is you know, reading more or trying to uh, get into books more because for some reason school ruined that for me, <laughs> but um, I'm glad <laughs> to um, get back into that. So again, uh, I recommend Emergent Strategy and Grievers by Adrienne Marie Brown and Storygraph for all of your book tracking needs. I'm really excited to try Storygraph because my book tracking to this point in my life has been an Excel spreadsheet because <laughs> I keep track of my reading, mainly because I was asked um, when I began here um, as pastor 10 years ago in my parish, I was asked for uh, just a list of books that I read, and I started keeping an annual book list, and pre-COVID, my average was around 200 books a year. And that's because I finished two master's degrees in um, less time than it takes for two master's degrees to get finished at seminary and just got trained to like read way too much. Post-pandemic, I have to say, I've slowed down uh, a bit. Um, part of that process, though, for me is finding really good books and getting really good book recommendations, right? Um, a dear friend of Faith Choice Ohio... Uh, Annette Bethel, who is in South Carolina, fantastic, fantastic follower of our programming and comes to all kinds of events, might even be listening now. Hello, Annette. Um, Annette came to um, every session that we had available of the Reproductive Justice Book Club this last um, year and recommended to me the book, The Baby Thief. Now, when Annette Bethel recommends a book, I have to get it, right? That's that's how, you know, the the compulsion grows, right? It's not just what I'm interested in, it's what other people have suggested. The Baby Thief, the, the subtitle is The Untold Story of Georgia Tan, the Baby Seller Who Corrupted Adoption, is a fantastic read, right? Annette suggested this because we were talking about the the kind of shadow side of the anti-abortion movement, right? That the anti-abortion movement constantly lifts up adoption as if it's an alternative to um, a pregnancy. And we know that adoption is an alternative to parenting. And also adoption has a lot of really intense baggage, particularly for minority communities, communities of color, um, you know, poor communities, uh, Appalachian communities where I live. Like there are a lot of of different groups and constituencies that are not well served by the traditional uh, abortion process uh, that is an alternative then in adoption. We know that abortion access is essential. We know that ethical adoption access is essential. And parsing that out, right, we don't usually get to the second part. So all that to say, The Baby Thief deals with ethical adoption practices and particularly what happens when that breaks down, the story of Georgia Tan. Would highly recommend it. Again, it's The Baby Thief, 
the article um, that was originally written about this, as well as the author of the whole text, is Barbara Besant's Raymond. That's Barbara Besant's Raymond. And in the same line, in terms of like cultural understanding, I would recommend the book Ramp Hollow. Uh, many of you know that I am Appalachian to the core. I have grown up in Appalachia, born and raised. It is a cultural difference to be in Appalachia as opposed to the rest of the state here in Ohio, or really in any state that has that kind of division. Ramp Hollow is uh, a fantastic discussion of what Appalachian identity really means, what our cultural identity means. If you've ever heard any Appalachian complain about hillbilly elegy, written by that man that we won't mention who is soon going to be our senator here in the state of Ohio that some of us are not too happy about. Um, if you've ever heard an Appalachian complain about hillbilly elegy, the anti-hillbilly elegy is Ramp Hollow. Ramp Hollow by Stephen Stoll. Gives you a really good comparison around what our culture is like and how we see ourselves in Appalachia. Not people from outside of our community talking about us, not this kind of narrow-minded uh, isolationism and reductionism that gets put onto our communities, but rather how we see ourselves and how we experience ourselves. And the subtitle, I will just give you a warning, is uh, Ramp Hollow, The Ordeal of Appalachia. It, it, it is some dark stuff in this text, right? I mean, it's, it's some hard stuff to talk about generational poverty and often violence, um, addiction process, all of that you're going to find in Ramp Hollow. Just know, though, that it's worth the wrestle. It's mm. worth the ordeal. Mm. Ramp Hollow by Stephen Stoll. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff that I've read or that I've delved into this year kind of goes into that, like, it being worth wrestling over. Um, mm. You know, not, not the thing that I was planning on recommending right now, but... Uh, uh, conflict is not abuse is one of those things that I feel very much so like it's worth wrestling over. Um, and I would definitely recommend that. That's by uh, Sarah Schulman. Um, and I would definitely recommend that to anybody who, you know, wants to learn more about like the practicality of transformative justice and being in relationship with people while keeping their humanity in mind and knowing that people are, you know, you know, people make mistakes, people hurt other people, and we can't just throw them away when that happens. So um, would recommend that. But the thing that I was uh, planning on talking about now um, is uh, I have this playlist that I will be sharing in the show notes. Uh, I call it the Restorative and Transformative Justice Playlist. It's just a bunch of videos that are around um, things that have been really foundational for me in my journey um, in learning more about restorative and transformative justice. Um, but there is this series of videos that I think explains RTJ in a way that um, I try to as well um, by the Menard Center for Research on Women. Um, and Adrienne Marie Brown is also included in there, um, but also a series of other um, transformative justice thinkers and theorists. and. Uh, I will share that link in the show notes, but if you look up the Bernard Center for Research on Women, they have um, videos like what is transformative justice and everyday practices of transformative justice and 
modern roots of transformative justice, like just the basics. And those are like, you know, some of those are less than 10 minutes, some are less than 20. Um, and other videos that I have in this playlist that I'll share, um, you know, can go up to like an hour or two um, because they're like sit-in sessions with um, people talking mm. about their work. Um, there's some with Angela Davis. Um, there's one on Beyond Survival, which was part of our first book club. Um, and I, you know, as I was just saying, I am very much so an audio learner. And so um, I will share this with um, anyone who's listening and also just recommend, you know, if if reading like the text on the page is not a, a way that works well for you, if you're not a person, you know, I have ADHD. Um, I'm not neurotypical. I'm neurodivergent. That's the word. Um, and uh, so for me, finding a way that works best for me for learning um, was the key to kind of un or um, tapping into what I'm passionate about. And so I just would encourage people, you know, if reading books on the page doesn't work for you, maybe there's an audiobook. You know, we have there are, um, sources out there. I know like there's Libby. Um, I can't remember the other. There's like one. Audible. Oh, yeah, there, yeah, there's Audible. Yeah. I wasn't sure if Libby was the Audible one or if that's the uh, text one, but they're online versions where you can find either free or you can find um, places that you can buy the audio edition of books. Um, I mostly listen to books on Audible um, just because that's uh, what I've found to be the best place uh, for for me and my learning. So uh, I recommend this restorative and transformative justice playlist, which I will share with you. Um, or if you can't find that, if you're listening to this on the radio, the Bernard Center for Research on Women has um, videos about transformative justice that you can look into. And in the same vein as the conflict is not abuse and the restorative transformative justice, I think just to jump on the Adrian Marie Brown bandwagon, <laughs> right? We will not cancel us. Really great, very small book, but really great read around how we do this work ethically and how we seek reconciliation and and understand ourselves as people who don't get to throw other people away. Um, I, again, the title is We Will Not Cancel Us by Adrienne Marie Brown. And that makes me think of another fantastic book that just came out by my dear friend, Danya Ruttenberg. Danya Ruttenberg, rabbi, and I, I'm going to totally mess up her title. She is like, I call her like the Grand Poobah rabbi of all things at National Council of Jewish Women. She is, I believe, scholar in residence is her proper title at National Council of Jewish Women. She is a phenomenal movement rabbi, and her new book is entitled On Repentance and Repair, Making Amends in an Unapologetic World. Mm -hmm. And it just absolutely dives into the mess around how do we find room for apology and for repentance and repair, the title of the book, in spaces where people are not ready to be gracious, not ready to be kind, maybe even not ready to create safe space for people who want to make amends or who, um, you know, see the need for that restoration and healing. And Danya, as always, brings a fantastic lens of spirituality and religious 
rigor to this analysis to say, no, we have the tools within religious frameworks, within ethical frameworks, within the spirituality of our day to be able to facilitate repentance, repair, and indeed right relationship mm -hmm. among so many different people and places. Um, it's very, very powerful in that space. A non-book um, tool that I, I like to use within the context of this work, right, of like how do we get unstuck, how do we get beyond um, what our current frame of reference is, right? When, when I get really mired down into the, oh, everything is just going to be this way forever and there's no use in, in doing anything with it, um, there's an organization called Beautiful Trouble. And while their resources began as a book, and I, I know they're available as a book, they have morphed their book resource into a card deck. So again, I'm speaking to all of those folk who are ADHD slash neurodivergent. Um, that's my experience of life. And I love having a card deck with strategies ideas of you know new concepts or tools techniques within justice building and justice movement work um, and beautiful trouble gives that to us you you have a pretty affordable deck of cards that you can literally pull out um, you know different concepts different ideas have a conversation with yourself about where you are on any issue really whether it is a conflict that seems intractable or a campaign uh, to, to build power that you're just not sure how to start, or maybe it's strategic planning and working around the new year. Whatever it is that you need a little help discerning, that card deck is just everything you need to help move yourself along and get yourself out of whatever rut you're in. Um, it's just been really helpful for me. Again, we'll put this in the show notes, beautifultrouble.org. So, um... Uh, a thing that I wanted to share, kind of going off of the um, intellectually stimulating and more into not necessarily like entertainment, but more like spiritual care. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have a degree in creative writing and um, I am indeed a poet. Um, and I have written some stuff, but I don't really do that that much anymore. Uh, regardless, uh, what I do do sometimes is read poetry. And uh, if you were a part of our Reproductive Justice Book Club, um, you may remember our last book of our series was called My Mother is a Freedom Fighter, or Was a Freedom Fighter, Fighter by Aja Monet. Um, and when having that discussion, uh, I really brought up that, like, I think that oftentimes poetry has become something that people think of as this big intimidating thing that you have to be a scholar to read. And as somebody who has studied it, no, you don't have to be a scholar and you can just read it and get, you know, whatever comes to you out of it. It doesn't have to be what people say you should get out of it or what lessons you're supposed to learn from it. What you learn is what you learn and like that is um, good enough. Um, so for poetry, as well as um, My Mother Was a Freedom Fighter by Aja Monet, um, I recommend anything Kevin Young. I love Kevin Young. Um, I... Uh, actually had one of his poems from his book Jelly Roll read at the beginning of my wedding. Um, it was called Epithamalian and it is just a beautiful piece about love and, um, you know, taking people as they are and, and coming into love as, as you are. 
Um, a book that I've res- I think I've referenced before on this podcast um, is a collection that Kevin Young created called The Art of Losing, um, which is a beautiful collection of just poems of each stage of grief and the process of, of grieving and losing something or someone um, or, you know, the way the world used to be. Um, and uh, I think that that can be beautiful and a way to find comfort. And as somebody who... You know, I uh, have said that, like, my scripture is, like, the words and the lessons of Black people. Um, The poetry of Black people, like Kevin Young, is um, a way that I uh, get my spiritual, uh, you know, ness. (laughs) Mm. It's where where my my spirit finds rest. So, um, So those two books... <clears throat> and the nice thing about poetry is that it's a shorter read. Um, so if you are one of those people who don't have time, that can be helpful. But um, My Mother Was a Freedom Fighter by Aja Monet. And I mentioned Jelly Roll by Kevin Young, but also The Art of Losing by Kevin Young. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's that ability to learn more, right? Mm-hmm. That... Um, really we we have to open ourselves up to and the idea that naming what is helps us to look forward to what might be Mm -hmm. Um, one of the few non-book resources that i i wanted to share today because as much as i love books like at some point um you know we we do not have uh, access to all of these things right um we need something that's a little more for lack of a better word, a little more fresh, a little a little fresher, a little more rooted in the now. And there's this fantastic article from Convergence that I ran across recently that I think speaks to a lot of the movement space ecology that we've experienced in the last year in particular, um, just as as a repro movement nationwide, but also as progressive movements for the last few years. The, the uh, article is by Maurice Mitchell, and it's entitled Building Resilient Organizations Toward Joy and Durable Power in a Time of Crisis. And it's a very, very, very long article. Like, it could be a book. It's so long. But good news is it does have a SoundCloud recording that you can listen to it in about 54 minutes. Um, Great information and resourcing that kind of explains why the world is the way it is right now in this moment for progressive workers and progressive movements. Um, There's a lot of discussion in here about like why progressives tend to fight ourselves why progressive movements tend to be so self-critical and self-reflective. The the metaphor that's often been used, it's a violent metaphor, but I think it's used so often that it's essential for us to name it here, Um, the circular firing squad, right? Like, what happens when progressives just decide to turn all of our tools in on ourselves and unproductively, um, you know, try to to make each other perfect before we make the rest of the world accountable to any ethic Mm -hmm. of justice. Um, Maurice Mitchell really does a great job in this article going through that how and why and 
grounding this discussion in what happens when systems are creating this outcome, right? Because it's the people aren't the problem, right? People are not the problem. The system is the problem. And the system is shaping people into people who aren't helpful <laughs> in this moment, right? It's not that people are born, uh, you know, with this kind of um, propensity, this this uh, preponderance of uh, frustration, right, or, or animus toward one another. It's the fact that systems benefit by making people fight each other. And uh, Maurice Mitchell just encourages us all to take a long, hard look at the ways in which we contribute to that division. Um, I think it's highly instructive, and it gives me a lot of perspective, uh, not only on other people, but particularly myself, to be able to evaluate myself, call myself in around, okay, yeah, your feelings and your emotions in this moment, your reactions, they're valid, and what are you going to do with them? How are they strategic? How are they helping us get free? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as a, as a last little resource that I want to share, another non-book resource, um, I just wanted to share some music that I've been listening to this year. Um, again, for anyone who doesn't know me um, in real life, uh, I if there are two things that are true about me, um, I love Adrian Marie Brown and I love Kendrick Lamar. Uh, surprising no one who knows me. Um, but uh, Kendrick Lamar's newest album, um, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, um, is just, it is such a piece. Like, it is a journey through a black man, um, you know, confronting his inner demons and choosing to conquer them rather than passing them on um, through his family. And especially as uh, Kendrick has had children, um, you know, learning to be better for his kids and learning to uh, tr- transform um, the systems that he's been a part of rather than continue them. And, like, if you just listen to it from front to back, it's, you know, a lot of emotions. It's not, it's messy. It's not always PC. It's not always perfect, but that is how real life is. And there's a reason that Kendrick's work has been put in the same category as poetry um, because he is just such a great artist around that. So, if you're looking for music that's around that, um, would definitely recommend Kendrick. Um, but that is, uh, or in, in Kendrick's album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, his latest album. Um, that being said, uh, that wraps up our last episode for 2022. Um, I hope you've enjoyed these resources and we will have all the information in the show notes so you can uh, look at those later. Um, if you're in the car right now, you can you can find it when you get home. It'll be on our website. Um, and just have, uh, we're wishing you, you know, a great uh, holiday season and a uh, happy new year and a great start for 2023. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Soul. If you'd like to hear more of our conversations on religion, abortion access, and all things repro, you can find all our episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. For more content, training, and other information, check us out at faithchoiceohio.org.